views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Uh, Thank you so much for connecting with us. You know, happy Halloween season. Uh, And, you know, as always, I love talking to Benny about this time of year. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hi there. Good day, Pat. Uh, Have you decided to dress up? Uh, Yeah, of course. You you can't share, right? No, I'm not going to. Not yet. Okay. (laughs) No, it's a secret. Because then it's a big... I know. So, okay. So I was going to be a ping pong table and, uh, I'm impressed had, already. <laughs> I, I, right. So I had this hat uh-huh. that was like a top hat and it had all these little ping pong balls in it. And I left it at the ping pong table place where I was, where <laughs> oh, I played. No. Yeah. So instead I had to be a leopard. Oh, well, that's okay. That's a good backup. No, that's okay, right? Yeah. 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 Like for, for those of you that are trying to wonder what does ping pong have to do with being a leopard, <laughs> you know, I'm going to save that for an upcoming show we're going to do on that. Uh, but today we're talking about soul whispering, the art of awakening shamanic consciousness with Star Wolf and Nita Cage joining me here today. Now, Nita Gage, rather. Um, what I love about this topic is when you are me, who Benny, 14 years we've been doing this, right? And you get to talk with and sort of follow people in the journey of what they are bringing into the world, their gifts, their talents. It is so amazing to see how the collective nature of us now evolves to look at some absolutely amazing, anciently wise approaches, modalities, just ways of being and bringing them into our everyday lives. So today we're going to be talking about this fabulous, fabulous book, a new book, by the way, and we're going to be giving away, giving away three copies of it. But let me tell you about the author, Star Wolf. Many of you have heard her on my show before. You know that she is, of course, the visionary that has been out in the world, you know, a guide to thousands and thousands of people. You know, she's also the founder and co-director of Venus Rising Association for Transformation. So the work, the platform, 
the collective nature of what she does goes on and on and on. But when you think about this, you think about origins of things, whether you've had a moment to, you know, look at some of the things I've been sharing recently about my life, or we take a look at what she did starting out as a therapist in the mental health and addictions field. But now bringing the conversation forward about what this means to be in this place of being here, being able to hear and speak the soul's whisper. Today, uh, we're also joined by Nita Gage, uh, part of this team who is bringing this book to life. And, you know, Nita has someone that has been out in the world as well, you know, bringing shamanic psychospirituality, psychology to the forefront. Um, what I love about this, though, is that when we think about, but whether it's Star Wolf or, or Anita, we're, we're looking at people that have been in the forefront of something that is so ancient and yet so relevant for today's world. Because the things that we think are working in the world according to prescription or description are just not working. So today we get to look at what it means to discover how we can use these ancient indigenous practices to awaken our shamanic consciousness, but more importantly, to keep it awake. Um, Star Wolf, Nita, thank you for joining me here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pat. We're glad to be here. Well, let's start out with the question, and I'd like Star Wolf, I'll start with you and then Nita. This is the question, and it has to do with my introduction. Um, there is a time we're living in now, and the conversations that you both have been having for years and years and years, sometimes difficult conversations in the world, right, are yeah. now being demonstrated in the forefront of things. I want to ask you both, the timing of this book the message of the book, how is it a remedy, shall I say, for what people seem to think the dark night of the soul universally is that's happening? Well, Dr. Pat, this is Star Wolf. And yes. first of all, thank you, really thank you for doing what you're doing in the world and your longevity, the 14 years with you and Benny, and I know even prior to that of what you're doing in the world. And I want to say that this book, Soul Whispering and the Art of Awakening Shamanic Consciousness um, is really, truly right on time. It's right on time, and it's, a, it's really uh, synchronistically on time. Because I'm not sure that, it, I, I guess I would say that mainstream itself was really ready for this book even five years ago. And even though Nita and I have been dear friends and colleagues for more than 25 years, and we both separately were doing this work um, on our own before we found each other in different ways. Um, you know, we've been doing this work with those who were awakening along the way and that found us through synchronicity, and there have been thousands, and you know this in your own work, thousands who have been hearing and awakening to the soul of spring for years now, for decades now. Of course, there's always been those who've awakened, but it's kind of been the chosen few in some ways, but mm -hmm. now it is time for us all to awaken because we must, we must, 
uh, with everything that if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, our souls whispering, we can feel it in our bodies, we can feel it in our bones, we can feel it in our hearts, our minds, our spirits, that we must wake up and not only wake up, we must work to stay awake and to continue to listen to this voice within us, this soul whispering, as well as our uh, colleagues, our friends, our soulmates around us for the next right steps on this path. And there's plenty of internal GPS information that's coming up for all of us as we learn the techniques and we learn the tools to be able to listen truly with our heart to our soul's whispering. So this is a really important time, I think, for this book to come forward. I've been writing books for years. Nita's written a book before. We've been out there, you know, kind of with machetes going through the, yeah. the jungle, you know, especially in the world of psychology, mental health, addiction, oh, yeah. and Nita with the medical world. And it feels like that they're finally beginning to hear us. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love that we're talking about this, yeah, because uh, you really handed us a really important piece. People are really listening. Um, Nita, what about you? What's your experience with this? Well, as Star Wars was talking, I was, I was really reflecting on it. I've been talking to a lot of people in there, kind of 25 to 40 years old, who, as you, you talk about the dark hour of the soul, what I'm hearing from them is, there's a certain level of why bother. The world mm-hmm. is hopeless right now, um, et cetera. And the, and the why bother is what I've had to speak to. And the why bother is because we are here on this planet now for this time. Those of, those of us that have woken up and are continuing to wake up, it's really the time to come forward and to, to own what we've been preaching and teaching, which is that the truth is in you. And it's not even that... It's mysterious. The truth is about showing up as your authentic self, and we've been living in the false self as individuals and as a culture for so long that it's just crashing and burning. It's, it's revolting. Our collective soul is revolting and saying it's time to stand up and tell the truth. So it's more important than ever to be focused on your own resilience, and dare I say it, the light. There's plenty of darkness on the earth. And, and I'm the first one to encourage people to dive into the darkness and find the gift there as well. But I think right now it's the time to really tap into love and wisdom that comes from within that can pour out to the rest of the world. And that is what we can do. When there's so much hopelessness about making anything happen as an individual, what you can do is collectively focus on the change that's needed for the whole planet and walk in that truth yourself. Walk, be the, I mean, it may sound tried, but it truly is time to be the change that you want to see in the world. Because when there's 100 of those and 200 of those and 5,000 and 5 million people doing that, that's what will save us and the planet, I believe. Yeah. Well, I, I want to continue this dialogue. I think I'm just I think I'm going to skip the break, Benny, if we could. Um, uh, you know, this is really the conversation uh, that we're having as a result of the book that you both put together. And, you know, the essence of this is really to look at energy and energy medicine, but more importantly, to really look at the ancient indigenous aspect of this, which we call shamanic. Um, and shamanic has gotten a, a strange corner, uh, kind of wrap around it. But the bottom line is, if we look at energy medicine and soul whispering and we put them together, 
what they what they really talk to is healing healing right so i want to ask you if you could talk for a minute about what you're bringing to light in this book not just as help me understand this but a call to action right and and not only a call to action but let's get on board with the fact that healing is at the forefront and always has been of energy medicine. Uh, is that a correct statement, Starwolf? Yes, I think it is. You know, I like to also think of healing um, its next octave as well. And you yeah. know, what healing really is, is transformation. Yes. That's what healing is. Um, the reason we need to be healed is that we're wounded healers. We all, no one has um, come onto this earth and been born unscathed. If we had parents, if we had a culture, if we had, you know, religion around us, schools, uh, there's a, a million different ways in which the, as, as Nita was speaking about, the authentic self begins to put on a false self in order to survive. We all do it very innocently, and then we learn to teach others to do it. You know, our own children, we don't even know unless we're waking up. We teach them rather innocently ourselves to put on these false personas so that we can survive in the world. But when we wake up and we start to wake up, and that usually happens when our lives stop working, when we start to feel wounded or hurt or depressed or anxious or addicted or a relationship doesn't work or we get sick, something happens to begin that waking up period. And when that happens, we become encouraged and motivated to disarm and to take apart and to dismember, which is a part of shamanism, is to take apart those old parts and to dismemberment. There's a dismemberment. When that happens, when we dismember, we begin to remember. And when we remember, we begin to put ourselves back together. And we call that healing, but what it really is, it's just as the caterpillar dismembers itself, its form, in order to remember why it's really here, to evolve into a creature that can fly and pollinate and bring beauty to the world. This is everybody, I believe, birthright, is to be shamanic. While Nita and I have both really have deep shamanic roots all the way back in our childhood um, and then seeking it out as adults in our lives and with with elders and indigenous elders, and I still do that. I was in Africa last year with Indigenous elders and Bali with Indigenous elders last year. Um, but even so, we've come to really understand that shamanism doesn't belong just to, quote, ancient cultures. It is everyone's birthright because at the very heart and soul of shamanism is to heal and transform and to be connected to nature. And for every one of us, Nature is our healer. Nature is our transformer. Most of us will go to the oceans, the lakes, the mountains, the desert, to the trees and to the park. We will go to nature to heal, to nurture ourselves. And this is some of the oldest wisdom on the planet is that when we're out of balance with our water, earth, fire, and air within, with our human nature, with this nature, then we're out of balance with supernature, the supernatural. So by bringing these elements back into some sort of balance and transformational experiences, we become connected deeply to the spiritual or the supernature or supernatural world. So I'll, I'll pass the time to 
me to hear to hear what she has yeah. to say about this. <laughs> yes. But I, as you can well, tell, I get very fired up about this, Dr. Yeah. Pat. <laughs> yeah. Yes, as do I. We, you know, this is what we share in common, Star Wolf, and obviously with you too, Dr. Pat, it's this excitement. And it's a bounce off of that. So if the shamanism is within, then how do we access it? That's and right. there's there's a number of of methodologies to access it, but it boils down to getting beyond our everyday ordinary consciousness into what we call we can call it extraordinary consciousness. You can call it trance states. You can call it altered states of reality. And there are many ways to get there through dance, meditation, and especially when those things are imbued with intentionality through vibrant connection to nature through journey work and the process that Star Wolf and I use primarily is the shamanic breath work and we can talk more about that. But what that is is the creation of a natural altered state of consciousness without any drug substances of any sort. Um, another way people do it is that people are flocking to to plant medicine. And yes. you mentioned you mentioned I wanted to then drop into what's going on in the medical world, cutting-edge yep. physicians that are involved with integrative holistic medicine that are getting back to what truly heals this, have recognized yeah. that chronic illnesses are a result of being out of touch with ourselves, and that it's going to require, this is why there, there's a lot of movement towards going to uh, indigenous healers, is to get back to the truth that we're all shamanic. I mean, I have... I like to say, and I'm giving talks on shamanism as primary care, because it's about self-care and deep awareness created through uh, getting out of ordinary consciousness, and then not just being stuck in, wasn't that an interesting journey or dreamlike day where I saw tigers and butterflies and whatever, but really to take the wisdom from those journeys and bring them into your everyday life. So it's a full, it's a spiral, if you like of going into the altered state and back into your ordinary daily life with those gifts. And yeah. this is what medicine, you know, medical doctors are writing prescriptions for, as you say. Get out in nature, go on a journey, and get retrieve those parts of yourself that were lost that are showing up as symptoms, as illnesses, that pills just aren't going to cure. You know, what's fascinating about this, too, is, and I, I want to really uh, talk about this from the book. For those of you just tuning in, um, we're going to be giving three copies of, of this uh, great book away here, Soul Whisper, Soul Whispering, uh, three copies. As a matter of fact, let's do copy number one right now, Benny, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. Uh, there's a really important part uh, in the book. I mean, there's several, but there's a couple that I related to directly. Uh, one of them is the chapter on the new psychotherapy. And the reason I related to this is there's one thing the three of us all have in common, and that is psychology, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are other things we have in common. Um, but the other thing we also have in common is we the study of psychology and then walking away from it, so to speak, uh, from, a, from a conventional sense, you know, very conventional point of view. You know, in my case, it was going to school in California, coming up to Washington State, to find out, oh my gosh, you can't say the word spiritual in Washington State. And and they've changed it a bit. But the point really is that we are finding the medical profession 
turning this around as well Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. many people in the field of psychology have done for decades and decades. I mean, you could even go back to Carl Jung, right? But the medical profession, uh, we have a host on our network, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Ibrahim um, Jaffe, who Mm. is literally out in the world, Dr. Jaffe, MD, and this is really part of the message, and there are many others. But I want to ask you this question. The new psychotherapy is really important because we are struggling to find out how to help people suffering the many, many layers of illness, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes we are. It's so, so true, um, Dr. Pat. You know, I was sitting here thinking as you were, as you were sharing that and thinking and reflecting back over my own career that started at 20 years old working in the mental health system in a day treatment program when they were first started taking people out of hospitals and basically turning them out on the streets because they said, okay, we're going to, you know, no longer lock people up. But they didn't have any place for them to go, so they started day treatment programs. That was my first entry into working in the field of mental health was running programs from 10 to 5 every day for people who either, with that at the end of the day, we either had to let go back out on the streets or sometimes they went home to a family or some of those folks actually uh, went to nursing homes even if they were 25 years old. So that was my entry into that. And I remember, you know, I stayed in that field and, and advanced in that field and, and doing different things, working with all kinds of folks, uh, and then became a specialist in the addictions field. And I remember in my early 30s uh, when I was standing outside of a mental health center and I, as um, one young man came up and gave me a big hug, and I hugged him as he was leaving to go get on a bus to go home. And when I went in, the director of the treatment center said, if you ever saw me hug a client again, especially out in broad daylight in front of other people, that I would be fired on the spot. Um, at that moment, I went to my office, and I cried for a moment, kind of picked myself back up, and I thought, well, from now on, I just won't get caught. Because I had all yeah. my clients and patients. We called them patients at that time. Later on, they started calling them clients. (laughs) And I made a vow to myself then that I was going to find a way to move out of that system and to take the best of that system, because there's some good things there, that I was going to take the best of that system, but that I was going to take some of my old hippie days from the 60s, (laughs) peace and love, and I was going to find a way to bring that in, and I was going to discover a way to be in the world and to do this differently. And so synchronistically at that time, that's when I discovered, really went into union work, went into um, uh, dream work, went into shamanism, started practicing different forms of breath work. And um, it wasn't until I was about, I think it was 38, 39, that I was fully able to step out on my own in that way and say, I'm not working for anybody anymore except the universe. But I want to take that one step further. Yeah. I knew that, that I was on, you know, that I was being, you know, pardon it, but I was being ballsy. I was, I was willing to do something that other people just weren't ready to do. And I knew that. I knew that I was ahead of my time. I knew I was a premature birth when I was born. I knew <laughs> I was ahead of my time. And that not everybody was going to take that leap of faith and walk away from job security, insurance, they paid vacations and all those kinds of stuff and do something weird like I was doing. You think they were going to be able to make a living with it? Well, you know, 
uh, needless to say, I have. And not only have I, but I have flourished. And the main thing that I have really focused on doing in, in the 30-plus years since then is developing programs that could integrate back in to mainstream. But all those people who were on the fringe could also find us, all the people who were kindred spirits, but beginning to find a way back into the mainstream in some way. And one of the ways that I did that is I created a program to train and ordain shamanic ministers. And um, kind of the secret code was, and this is a legitimate program that we've been doing for a long time now, that shamanic ministers can hug whoever they want to. They can hug whoever they want to. And they have, it is a legal ordainment. They can be spiritual healers. And we have ordained hundreds of shamanic ministers. Well, I took it another step forward and worked with people to become their own spiritual centers. And I was able to uh, create congregations where people could have their own spiritual centers. We have 14 uh, congregations around the country. And then the third step, Dr. Pat, was we went through the, the state of North Carolina here where I live, through the University of North Carolina, and we created a non-accredited, but it is a, um acknowledged spiritual, psycho-spiritual, shamanic psycho-spiritual university where people can acquire bachelor's, master's, and degrees in shamanic psycho-spirituality. So we've been introducing this into the mainstream for a while to help people find the, you'll see where I'm going with this, to find yeah, the, yeah. The, the label the, uh, that people look for sometimes, a minister, a congregation, a spiritual center, a degree of some kind, a doctorate, a master's or bachelor's, that says, yes, we have done due diligence to train and support people in an alternative way to help hold space for people's transformation. And we are doing it by leaps and bounds with hundreds and thousands of people now. And so I think that um, what we're doing is very timely because people are kind of fed up with what's not working. Yeah, yeah. And what's happening now is more and more information, take all that, but because we're all connected now so much, like, the work that you were doing 20 years ago, it may have taken six months for somebody to hear about, you know, something incredible that you were doing. Now, all it takes is a tweet or a Facebook post, yes. right? So right. we've been connected in this world of technology to save lives. See, that's what I think. People say to me, I oh, agree. this technology, this technology. I'm saying, you know what? We are building 10 channels with technology that doesn't exist in broadcasting. Why? Because our mission has always been to help people live life full out. You know, to imagine having doctors and healers and psychics on a, and and then we have a God Talk channel so that people in February of next year from all over the world can step into the world of possibilities, right? So that Mm. this doesn't have to be a crapshoot anymore. We don't have to roll the dice anymore and hope that our number comes up we're going to take a short break and we come back we're going to give another copy of the book away we're going to make sure you all find out how to get a copy of the book but also find out more about uh these amazing amazing healers authors joining me here today on the show for those of you if you're just tuning in star wolf and nita gage 
We'll be right back. about the meaning of life? Do you want to deepen your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. The school also organizes group meditations each year to benefit humanity. Whether you're just beginning to reflect on the spiritual side of your life or are a more experienced spiritual seeker, the school warmly welcomes you to join our group. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit esotericstudies.net. That's esotericstudies.net. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book, to get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Amber Teal, founder of The Healthy Edge, is bringing you the hit show Healthy Edge Radio, living with power, passion, and purpose. Amber provides the support and tools necessary for you to finally release the weight and emotions that are hidden beneath the weight. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information on how you can take the next step with Amber, visit getthehealthyedge.com. Wow, I am so excited. Benny, as I said before, let's go ahead and give another copy of the book away. I love it. Soul Whispering, The Art of Awakening Shamanic Consciousness with Star Wolf and Nita Gage. Uh, before we jump ahead and we ask the, the question that just came in from one of our listeners, um, please take a moment 
and give information uh, about each of you, how folks can find out about you, uh, each of you, uh, and upcoming events and how they can get a copy of the book. Uh, Star Wolf, do you want to start first? Sure. Um, the website is www.shamanicbreathwork.org, and I will say that it's shamanicbreathwork.org and has been for about 21 years since we've been doing uh, the process that um, really we co-created back at that time. And it's a rather extensive website, so really that's a good way to find out a lot of events that are happening and about the process of shamanic breathwork and other things. Um, and so, to be honest with you, there's so many events on there. Last year I did, I think, 50 events. So there's so many events on there. If you're interested in uh, doing personal healing or personal training to become a facilitator of the work or a minister or any of those things or to get a degree, everything is on that website. So that's shamanicbreathwork.org. And then Nita and I are planning an event, our first Soul Whispering Weekend, uh, and that's on the website too, and that's happening in March of next year. So it'll be our first. We've been teaching together forever, but this is uh, in conjunction with our book. We'll be doing an initiatory weekend for people who want to come in and learn about soul whispering. Mm. Oh, one more thing, and that is is that I'm on Facebook as Star Wolf, and also um, you, anybody that wants to write to me personally can write to Good. me at starwolf at shamanicbreathwork.org. Awesome. Okay, ditto to all that, and um, you can find me on shamanicbreathwork.org as well, Nita at shamanicbreathwork.org, and there's also a Facebook page for the Soul Whispering, specifically for Soul Whispering, so you can go to that, and that will have events posted on it as well. I um, also teach for the Hoffman Institute, which is a really a very shamanic process, a week-long intensive retreat as well in California. And I'm a teacher for that now, and so you can find me at www.hoffmaninstitute.org as well. And, yeah, we're looking forward to March when um, Star Wolf and I are really going to kick off a specific Star uh, Soul Whispering weekend. And many people in the Bay Area know about it already. Yeah. It will be in the East Bay with more details to come. Wow. Okay, so the question that came in uh, is an acknowledgement, first of all. Thank, thank you all for the work that you do. Um, and, you know, this is from, looks like Louise. Yep, looks like Louise. Um, the question is this. Thank you all for the work that you do. Um, I love that you're talking about the new psychotherapy. Uh, as a reminder, wasn't it Carl Jung who pointed out to Bill W. of Alcoholics Anonymous, that the only solution for addiction is a spiritual awakening. I think, Star Wolf, you can address that. Um, my question is, when all is said and done, how do we learn or how can we learn how to heal ourselves? Well, I will let Star Wolf talk more about uh the area of the 12-step programs and, and Carl mm-hmm. Jung's relation to that. But I, I do want to say that, yes, Jung did say that. And, and to take it back a generation, his teacher, Sigmund Freud, who he broke away from yeah. um, for many reasons. But Freud also, the great discovery Freud brought us was that we do have an unconscious, that there is a part of us that we're out of touch with. It's not entirely inaccessible. 
yet it takes some work to get to it. So the, the real psychotherapy started um, before Freud with Shaman, but Freud did bring it forward. And then Jung said, okay, yes, and we need the spiritual solution as well. So it's both within us and without us, and that's all connected. So how do you heal yourself? Um, well, I do think that as the medical world's discovering that the, the primary way to do that is to know yourself. And the way you know yourself is through psychotherapy that, that we talk about the new psychotherapy. It didn't throw out all the old stuff. There is some value in having people spend time digging into what happened in childhood. What were the ordinary human, human experience that were traumatizing? And to be willing to face our greatest pains and shame in the um, presence of benevolent witness, i.e. Yeah. a psychotherapist, yeah. a soul whisperer, yep. to, to there's nothing more healing than speaking out your shame and to access it. Sometimes it does take altered states of consciousness. Just talking about it for 20 years, unfortunately, won't get you there. Right. You must access the unknown, the un, unidentified, and then be willing to express the emotional energy that is blocked, that's been locked down, that is really causing pains and symptoms. So that's unexpressed anger, unresolved grief that we were never allowed to express as children. And, and then being able to access the repressed joy, just the simple act of being in that innocent joy that is so destroyed by all the shame of childhood. But really, it, it can be done, I think, best in some kind of professional setting with a benevolent witness. I also am a big believer, as Star Wars 2, is, is in doing retreats, getting away from the ordinary environment so that you can dive a little deeper and be supported by uh, benevolent witnesses and nature and getting away from what usually fills your distracted mind so that you have to become conscious of your own pain and be willing to express it and then be willing to allow in what's possible. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly the, the format for addiction treatment is, is I've often said in the medical world that you've got to look to the addiction world. They figured it out. So you need a spiritual solution first. And from that spiritual solution, you make changes in your body and your world. And so I, that is happening in the medical world. Psychotherapy, you, you spoke to it before, Pat, that Psychologists have been saying this for years, that the, the cure is in the, the emotional world. And that's certainly what the medical world's woken up to, too. So I'm going to turn it back over to you, Starwolf. Yeah, because mm -hmm. what we are talking about here is something that has become taboo. And if we're yeah. going to talk about ancient wisdom, we really do have to have a conversation about spirituality and spiritual connection. And I want to be really clear uh, about, about this from a lot of different perspectives. You know, this conversation transcends any particular religion. And that's mm -hmm. what I was sharing during the break mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. That, you know, mm -hmm. when you hear somebody like Dodie Osteen come out and talk about the fact that, you know, her, her liver cancer or whatever that cancer was she had, there was no cure for it. She was at the end of her rope, walked away from the medical profession, and then did exactly what we're talking about here. So we're not being yeah. critical of what people believe in. And I think sometimes we get misunderstood mm -hmm. for that, as I think, mm -hmm. you know, was the case mm -hmm. with Carl Jung um, mm -hmm. uh, in this. 
Um, Star Wolf, what do you think about this and that connection to psychology and spirituality? Well, I think that we're all in need of upgrading our altered state. <laughs> I think that, you know, we download new programs all the time on computers, you know. We get, everybody's got to go out and get the new iPhone, you know. Uh, uh, so I think that we should upgrade our altered state. For one thing, as Nita was speaking, I was sitting here thinking, you know, feeling shame-based or feeling like you're living in high anxiety and fear is definitely an altered state from the one we're supposed to be living in. Those are altered states, too. They're sometimes either depressing our states of consciousness or heightening them uh, and creating feelings of unreality and anxiety and, you know, red alert sort of energy, creating stress in our bodies, releasing cortisol levels, you know, or depleting the chemicals in our bodies too much or too little. And so to upgrade our altered state, what I mean by that is, to, uh, is really what shamanism does is it puts you into another state of consciousness. It means to alter it. People make mistakes sometimes thinking that, well, oh, we need to, you know, do psychedelics or we need to do plant medicine. I've done all those things. I, I made those, you know, those were honest mistakes because I was seeking and searching. And I'm not putting those down for people on their journey of discovery. But what I soon learned is that it, for me it was still seeking, you know, kind of, that ultimate cure, that ultimate thing, and it really had to do more with being where I am and paying attention. You know, there's meditation is a wonderful way to do that. I'm not the world's best meditator. I have to go for a walk to meditate. But I have a chair. Because I have a chair. <laughs> I have a chair. I have Dr. Yeah. Dan Cohen's Soul Tech Lounge right here, now being used by the Mayo Clinic to heal people, right? Sorry. When I go out and walk, that's okay. And I go out, walk by the river or the creek, and the water's moving, and I'm moving. I go into an altered state that is my meditative state, and suddenly I'm releasing all those old tapes. Things are coming up that I need to pay attention to. That I may need to, you know, go home and make a phone call or write down or, you know, make a commitment to change. But mainly, it's clearing out things, and this is also what we do with the shamanic uh, breath work. And for me. These, these states of consciousness that gets us out of ordinary states of consciousness, just kind of the mm-hmm. mundane world, or that gets us out of these aberrant sort of kind of states of uh, altered states of consciousness, is restoring us to some sort of consciousness that predates all the rest of these. And I do believe that this, and, you know, I feel like I, you know, I know from, from my own experiences, deep experiences, that this state is some sort of primal state that is our birthright and is connected. You can call it to what you want, what you mm-hmm. want to call it. You know, I call it the great mystery or great spirit. Uh, it's not affiliated with just an indigenous or Native American or any other kind of religion. This belongs to all of us, and it is primal, and it predates all the religions, and it's where all the religions, I think, probably were inspired and came from, although they may not resemble what they originally uh, were inspired from. But I think that what we're talking about now is, and I, I can't remember exactly where in in the book that you put this. Oh, I know where you put it. You know, you've included it in the book under the chapter, I think, Shamanic Consciousness in Everyday Life. Because what we're talking about is a consciousness that did exist centuries ago. Mm-hmm. It did exist. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yes. where the heck it went. 
you know, I'm, I'm just like, how mm-hmm. do we wipe out healing consciousness in a matter of, of, of decades or even a century? I mean, it's, it's like an odd thing to me, right? But I don't think we ever lose it. I think it's in there, right? You know what I'm saying? I think it's yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, Dr. Pat, I just, you know, I, I guess I tend to have a philosopher inside of me and a, a faith that all things are working together for good, yep. even the, the so-called bad. And, you know, I, I did grow up uh, Christian, and now I feel like I'm, you know, like I said, I connected to great mystery and great spirit. But I have uh, some of those deep, beautiful Christian teachings that are still within me. And one of them yeah. says, is that all things work together for good. And it says that right in the Bible. Mm. Yes, it does. And I really, truly believe that. And I don't think that's a Pollyanna-ish sort of thing to say. I have a sense that even the dark side of the moon, even the eclipses that we go through as humanity evolves, are part of the spiral path of death and rebirth. Shamanism has always been about dark and light. It's not about light only. It has always been about things dying and being reborn at another octave, at a greater level of consciousness. So perhaps, um, as some religions teach, you know, the Hindu religion teaches this, and different religions teach this spiritual path, perhaps just like the dark night of the soul that an addict goes through and then comes through in their own recovery and transformation, perhaps there is something that happens that cracks us open, just like the caterpillar cracking open and then cracking open the uh, chrysalis and becoming the butterfly, by knowing the darkness deeply and that dark night of the soul as the Christian mystics have known, perhaps it's then that we can fly to higher heights. And so Mm. I think the problem is, is when we overstay our welcome by becoming depressed or getting stuck by taking too many pharmaceutical medications or drinking and getting lost in addiction or seeking the next high, when we, don't, uh, when we don't allow ourselves to fully go into those places, and as Nita was speaking about, to, to uh, perhaps share them in a benevolent presence um, and allow the light to come back. And when, you know, I, we just had a huge gathering here, out here in the mountains where I live at my retreat center, mm-hmm. during the solar lunar eclipse. We, had, we were exactly in the pathway where we got a complete solar eclipse. We had this beautiful gathering in this huge medicine wheel on top of the mountain that we built. Each stone weighs 2,000 pounds. It's 37 stones. And we're up here doing a pipe ceremony right in the center of this solar eclipse. And when that solar eclipse happened and everything went dark, the roosters and everything stopped and all the creatures and the night creatures started calling out again as if it was Mm. nighttime. But the minute that the eclipse started passing, the roosters that we have here started crowing and announcing Ugh. the new day. And there was such an amazing energy to be wide awake in that darkness. And, it, and I will never forget it as long as I live, of staying awake even in the darkness. And I believe that's what shamans know how to do. They know how to walk between the worlds of light and dark and to hold the space for themselves and others as we live life. When we think about this, though, and this is really part of, you know, what some of the questions that are coming through and also what you cover in your book is that every one of us has the ability to experience and then become this healing uh, energy, 
you know, are become our own whisperer, so to speak, and call forth in the world. It is so very, very powerful. And yet every time we hear a story, we point to the miracle of it. And I just wonder, you know, and I'd like to ask each of you this question um, again, what is the message from each of you? What is the, the message from each of you for the world in how we best can look at powerful transformation? Mm-hmm. Starwell, if you want to go first, need it, which one of you would like to go first? What? I just I just talk a lot, so I'm going to let me to go first and then no, I'll come okay. back to it. Okay. So that's uh, you know what I love about that question, Pat, is that it it sounds and is a very important and weighty question, and at the same time, the answer is really very simple, and it has to do with I, I heard somebody say once that the cure to all illness is to prescribe love. And if that doesn't work, increase the dosage. Mm -hmm. And at this time in the world, in order to love others and the world, you've got to learn to love yourself. You've got to learn to give and receive love from yourself and from others. And it, it sounds easy. It's not, but it is simple. And that has to do with taking the time to find out where your pain is, mm. what is it holding you back? This, this is the, the nature of psychotherapy. And that happens, I can't say it enough, it happens in the presence of loving, benevolent witnesses. And yes, the focus in our book is that the healer is within, the shaman's within, yet I want to encourage everyone to don't think you can do it alone. Really ask for help. Yeah. We talk about the, the dangerous stress hormones that ha- come when we're under stress, catecholamine, cortisol, and adrenaline. The other hormone that's released under stress is oxytocin, which is a love hormone. And it's released in our bodies so that we will reach out and ask for help. We, we have the We are what we're looking for, and we need each other because there is no separation. We are all one. Mm-hmm. And that reaching out for for others is reaching out for ourselves as well. So I, I think that's the one thing I want people to hear is don't try to do it alone always. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, well, Grandmother Twala, my Seneca Wolf Clan adopted grandmother from many years ago, used to say that if Creator, um, you know, if there was only supposed to be one of us, you know, if we were supposed to do it alone, Creator would have only created one of us. You know, the Creator in its wisdom knew to create uh, a wide variety of experiences and people, creatures, animals. And, you know, we're never as neat as it, in some ways, we're never, ever truly alone. I'm an only child, um, and yet when I grew up, I didn't feel lonely. I had a grandmother when I was a child that I was very close to that was connected to nature and that connected me to nature and connected me to animals. So I have a Huge, huge love for animals. I I have two dogs and a cat. They sleep with me. They they follow me around the house. They go everywhere I go. Um, they get a, a little put out when I don't let them come into the interview sometimes because I might bark, you know. Um, so I feel like I'm never truly alone. And whether it's animals, the trees, nature, the elements, people themselves, 
You know, uh, there is a, a quote that says, you know, it is better to be alone than to be with someone who doesn't understand you or who not, who's not willing to try and understand you. So we do want to choose those who can meet us, and that's a impo- very important thing to do. Uh, you were talking about the, the, the crapshoot of trying to find the right, you know, program to listen to earlier, Dr. Pat. Well, you know, it can be a nightmare trying to find the right physician or the right mental health worker or the right therapist or the right minister or spiritual organization to connect with because too often people try to diagnose you or fix you or control you in some way instead of recognizing your own inner healer. The best physicians, the best ministers, the best shamans, even some indigenous shamans can act that way too. But the best people that I have ever worked with for me when I've needed extra help or personal healing have been those who listened, loved me, held space, didn't give advice, helped me reflect on the experience that I was going through, maybe made some suggestions. Um, my shamanic naturopath said, how about trying some of these vitamins to enhance your immune system, things like that, but always tuned me back into my own felt body sense and awareness. So I want to say this is an important piece. When I'm working with people, I tell them, first of all, there ain't no bad chakras. And if you're only focusing on meditation or higher consciousness and not paying attention to your physical body, to your emotional body, your mental body, if you're not waking up your lower chakras and feeling juicy and alive and passionate about your life and exploring your pleasure principle in the world mm-hmm. in a healthy way, then you're not getting the fullness of being fully human. And I believe that the next evolution for humanity is to become humanity. Humanity. To be mm. fully humane and self-loving to ourselves and to all beings around us. Wow. Thank you both so much uh, for today. Also, let folks know how they can get a copy of the book. And please give out your websites again. Probably one of the easiest ways to get a copy of our books is it's on Amazon. All my books are on Amazon. Uh, this book is, is done really well there. Uh, you can always order from our uh, publishing company that pub- has published most of our books, and that is um, Inner Traditions International. And, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of book tours and bookstores, so uh, most of the major uh, bookstores, if you want to uh, go out and support your local bookstore, I totally support that. Uh, Barnes & Noble um, and uh, many alternative bookstores as well, you should have no problem finding our books in those places. And you can also go to www.shamanicbreathwork.org and you can see the next places where we are showing up for uh, radio interviews, um, bookstores, and workshops. Awesome. Nita, how about you? I'm just same thing. <laughs> I would just repeat all of that. We're in this together. We're in this one together. You said it well. That's thank right. You, but thank you, Dr. Pat. This has been delightful. What a great, great show. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. Also, make sure you stay tuned. Why? We've got more coming up on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We'll see you next time.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.